Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everyone, hi everyone this afternoon out there in property land. I hope you're doing great. Um, I thought I would share with you some of my travails, my challenges. I've got a couple of recalcitrant tenants. Maybe you've got a recalcitrant tenant. Maybe you've got tenants who are playing the game rather than being unable to pay their uh, rent because they're COVID affected, right? Actually, their employment's not been affected at all throughout the pandemic. <laughs> Maybe you've got two people in the household. In this particular household, we've got two people who have been working throughout, right? They just decided not to pay their rent because we're landlords, right? You know, we get mortgage holidays and, you know, nobody cares. They don't care. Um, so what can we do in the current times? Well, the government have kind of hamstrung us completely, haven't they? They've, they've, they've closed off all sorts of avenues. So I'm going to talk about a Section 8 notice and a Section 8 court court um, process that I'm on the journey now, right? It's not resolved, but I want to tell you where I'm up to because it might help you if you're sitting there. Um, and you've got one or two properties, right? And one of them or both the tenants are not paying, that that is putting pressure on you and that's going to increase your stress, right? Um, now, okay, we've got two tenants that aren't paying um, on the residential side and the commercial side. I've got one tenant who keeps wanting to be let off stuff and we'll do some sort of deal with them. But I want to talk about the residential tenants. So we've got two tenants in our portfolio that aren't paying, it's a real pain. It's an inconvenience. I, I think they behave very badly, but, you know, I'm blessed in that it's not going to affect my material standard of living. But if it's you we're talking about, maybe it will affect your standard of living. So I want to tell you where we're up to. Okay. So we can't do anything at the moment uh, until uh, the tenant uh, accrues substantial, or is it significant? Begins with an S substantial arrears substantial arrears i believe it is are defined as six months or more okay so i've got two tenants now who are more than six months in arrears so uh section eight i went for section eight uh section 21 you're going to wait forever guys it's just not going to happen but section eight um i like section eight because a you get possession right the um judge or acting up barrister, solicitor, whoever it is you finally get in front of, um, has very little discretion. I nearly said no discretion, right? If you can prove that the tenant is two months or more in arrears, uh, they might tweak the numbers, but I'm up to eight months in arrears now on these two, right? Um, they have no discretion. They have to give a possession order. They do. They don't like... thing about judges is they don't like being told that they have to do things because they're judges. You know, they tell other people that they have to do things, right? So um, uh, I like Section 8. The other thing I like about Section 8 is you not only get a possession order, but you also get uh, a money order, right? You get a money order for the rent outstanding and you get a daily rate granted to you by the court to the date that you can get possession, Okay, so the daily rate is entered on the court documents. I had to work it out when I submitted the court documents. So here's kind of the story. Eight months in arrears, I sent out my Section 8 notice, and I think I did a live on that at the time, if you want to scroll back and search for that. Um, I did a live on that at the time. Uh, it went to the court, 
right? And um, uh, forgive me, the Section 8 notice went to the tenant. They completely ignored it, got no response whatsoever, okay? So nothing happened there. The, the, day, the, the notice expired. I've had no contact from the tenant for months now. Will not respond, just won't respond, okay? So that didn't happen. So um, because I have substantial arrears, I can make an application to the court. Don't know when the hearing's going to be, but I'll come back to that. So we did. We sat down and we made the application to the court. That was um, that was a bit of an intellectual exercise because there's extra bits these days, right? Extra bits you have to add on. I'm going to talk about the extra bits as we move forward. Uh, and we got an email back from the court and a letter, and it was updated on the Possession Claims Online um, website that you submit your online claim to. So it was all updated. There was a review hearing set for the 12th of February. I sat by the phone, 12th of February. Nothing happened. Never got nothing. Never got a word in, right, from the court. I assumed it hadn't happened. And I was right. It hadn't happened. Okay. So uh, on Friday, it always happens on a Friday, these things. It always happens on Friday. So on Friday, we got a letter from the court, from the court saying that the review hearing is going to happen on the 30th of March and asking for a whole list of documentation. And that's what's prompted this live, right? A list of uh, documentation. And the court had to receive it 14 days, a minimum of 14 days before the hearing date. Hearing date's on the 30th. So I had to have it at the court on the 15th, right? Friday was the 5th. I had 10 days with two weekends um, to sit down and do it. Now, we've sat down and we've done it. I'm going to show you in a minute what we put together. But what if we've been working? You know, what if we had kids around the house? My kids have grown up and gone, right? What if there were other distractions? What if there were, you know, I basically had a week to put all this together. And it's not like it used to be. So I've done Section H, fortunately, for, Section 8s. Fortunately, I've been blessed. I haven't had to do many over the years, right? But I've, I did, the first one I ever did, um, I got a solicitor to do it because it's you know, legal stuff, right? And um, they couldn't turn up on the day. So they instructed a brief. They instructed a barrister to go and talk on my behalf. Cost me two and a half grand for the day. And the barrister came back without the order and without any money. Really? You know, this isn't Brinks Matt, right? This is a tenant not paying their rent. So since then, present Mrs. S and myself, we do them all ourselves. Okay, so back in the day, section A, fill in the court document online. I got a copy of that. And then that was it, really. You got a court date and you just turned up. Usually the tenant didn't turn up because they didn't have a leg to stand on, right? And uh, you had a chat with the recorder or the judge or the solicitor or barrister, who's ever presiding in an office you're not in a big court those of you who are not aware you don't stand up it's not like you know perry mason none of that stuff you sit in an office have a cup of tea tell the um presiding judge what's going on and uh then they make the order and in those days two months or more uh you just got the order that's it okay not like that now so boom we got a letter from the court they're asking us to put together a bundle of documents. Never had to do this before. And they list, there's a whole list. I've got a list here. It's my very first document in the bundle. You, I know you won't be able to read it. That is a list of documents we've had to put together. Okay. 
and we've had to put together and we have to send it to the tenant, you know, before the 16th of March, send it to the tenant, both hard copy by post and by email if they got an email address. He does have an email address, but this was a challenge because I went pinged it off to his email address once we prepared it and it kept coming back. Why? Because he's changed his email address. How did I get the new one? Fortunately, my letting agent had it. So that was a challenge. So we've got to send it to the uh, defendant, the tenant, uh, by post and by email, right? The defendant has to do nothing. There is nothing that they're allowed to do. They can, they, they're obliged to do. They can turn up on the day. They don't even have to tell us they're coming. And they can get legal uh, representation in advance. Or if they haven't got legal representation, the court's going to apply, uh, can appoint a legal representative to act to them for them who's at the court. We don't get any of that, right? We've got to do the hard yards here. It's not right. It's just not right, okay? So what document bundle did we have to put together? And let me give you a little bit of context here. If For those of you who don't know us very well, President Mrs. Siegler and myself, we have between us, we lost count, about 30 O-levels, AO-levels, GCSE, about 30 plus, right? Um, then we've got between us six A-levels. We've got two honours degree in laws, all right, in law, forgive me. All right, it's a bit old, but, you know, I went through the process. And then my wife has got 30, 35 years practising as a lawyer, didn't do this sort of stuff, did more exciting stuff. Uh, but those, those are the two of us who are sitting down to fill these forms in. And it's taken us, uh, at, the, at the time of speaking, this is Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> It's taken us about three days to do this stuff. Now, we didn't do it the whole day for three days. I mean, because, to be honest, your head explodes. But it is a significant intellectual exercise. That's the point I'm making. So if you get one of these and you're on a time limit, give yourself time to do it. So what do we have to put together? That's the list of all the documents. Claim form for possession of property. This is the court document that we had to, to uh, lodge with the court. We had to fill it in. Uh, and, and do that one. Then we had to give the particulars of our claim. So um, the reason we're asking for possession, uh, about the defendant, things about me, bit of a history, but it's got to be a really potted, succinct history because you only get so many words in the box and you know, you've got to fit it in the box, right? What we got there, oh yeah, the payment history, right? So that's the payment history, the arrears from the time they go into arrears. You don't have to go back forever. From the time, and we've had to update that now because when we submitted it to the court, it was two months ago. So there's two more missed payments. Tenancy agreement. There it is, 24 pages there. 24 pages, right? Sweating over a photocopier. I haven't done that for years. I've done that for years, right? Then we have to get, with proof of postage team, need proof of postage, a series of letters, emails, more emails from the letting agent and also from myself. We have to prove delivery of these, right? Uh, here we go. One from myself. My cuddly COVID letter. This is my cuddly COVID letter that I put together asking all the cuddly COVID questions. When really wanted to say, I wanted to say just... Just send me a few hundred quid, you bastard. That's all I wanted to say. But no, cuddly and COVID related, right? 
Um, there's, there's your prints, proof of document, proof of postage, right? Another one, proof of postage. I mean, it's just absurd, right? Another one. Oops. <laughs> like Christmas here, there's bits of paper everywhere. Proof of postage, boom, okay. Copy of the notice, copy of the notice. Several pages there, okay. Remember, I've got to send him an electronic copy of all this and a physical copy, a paper copy through the post. Uh, more emails, more letters. Oh, now we're getting serious. This is into March now, in March 2021. More serious. More proof of postage. You don't need to see all them. More letters. Now, this is new to me. This is new to me. A statement of information about the de defendant circumstances. I have to give a statement about his circumstances pursuant to practice direction 55A para 2.3 bracket 5. Right? In other words his ability to pay, his ability to pay, all right? Um, the thing is, the guy won't talk to me. So when he went into the property, he told us he was in employment, he was employed, his girlfriend was employed. I have no idea what's happened since then. Why? Because he won't communicate with us. And I haven't been able to do gas safety um, inspections, electrical inspections coming up for April, because he won't let us in. Um, so we sent him the emergency letter with seven days notice saying we had to go in and the contractor and the letting agent turned up and it appeared that he, whoever was in the house, there was someone in the house, had put a key inside the lock so that we couldn't get access even though we had management keys. I mean, this guy is a right sod, right? I mean, you know, really? So he's sitting there without a gas safety. I haven't got a current gas safety. What do I, what do? I do? What do I do? Another one, this is new, okay? Statement of knowledge as to the effect of the coronavirus pandemic on the defendant and his dependents. Well, when he went in, he didn't have any dependents. It was just him and her boyfriend, girlfriend, okay? Um, so this is uh, subject to another one of those directives. The bottom line is I've had to say that I'm not aware of any effect on him from the coronavirus pandemic. Because he won't talk to me. I have no idea what he's doing. And then finally, an update on the original document, which I showed you early in the, in the bundle, for his rent arrears update. So he is now, as of today, 10 months in arrears. 10 months in arrears. Not a penny. So there you go. So um, I, I sent him the bundle, both online and, and in the post. And I've sent the court the bundle. Now, with the court, you can do it electronically. You don't have to do it in post as well. But you, do you know what? I've been on I've been on these Section 8 hearings, and you turn up with the judge, and the judge hasn't got any, any knowledge about what's going on at all. So I'm going to keep sending them electronically. And I did another post bundle. So I've sent everything to post to the court as well. Okay. So there is a review hearing. It's a review hearing on the 30th of March. I have to be available all day, sit by the phone, and it is, it's explained in their literature that there's likely to be a phone-based hearing, right? And I have to be available so the defendant and or the legal representative can talk to me. Talk. Cool. 
I'm, I'm, I'm listening, right? So that's the 30th of March. That's a review hearing. And the point of that hearing is to decide when the proper hearing will be. That's going to be on the 30th of March. When's the proper hearing? No idea. So anyway, I thought that was worth sharing because if any of you are thinking of going through this process, these are the hurdles you're going to go through. I'm not there yet. I'm at the review hearing, let alone the possession hearing, which will follow on. I'm, I have no doubt that one point on the agenda during the review hearing is to evaluate all of these documents and if they can find anything wrong at all right they're going to try and throw it out i we've we've been over this with a fine tooth comb right i'm not saying it's not going to get slung out i'm not but you know i gave it my best endeavors my mind i applied my mind even in its current parlous aged condition right i've given it everything i possibly could so um i just thought you'd like to know what's going on 30th of march i'll be back after the 30th of march to tell you what happens um what a palaver what a palaver being a landlord today i know but you know what else would i do who give me a job that's how it rolls uh, i hope it's been helpful uh, any comments questions put them down below i'll try and answer them for you see you very soon thank you for listening i am david siegler see you on the next episode